welcome to episode 28 of the Press Forward podcast. I'm Nathan Wrigley, and I'd like to thank you for joining us again. And if this is your first time with us, well, I hope that you like it, and that you find something useful in it. We'd love it if you added us to your list of podcasts that you consume regularly. And you can do that by subscribing to us on your favourite podcast player. And this can be done by going to wpnup.org forward slash podcast dash feed. Today we're going to be talking with Barbara Saul. But before that, let me tell you a little bit about why we're making this podcast. The Press Forward podcast is created by WP and Up. We're a non-profit working in the WordPress space to help anyone who is in need. The work is important, and today I want to ask for your help. WP and Up helps and supports many people, but this work comes at a cost. It cannot be done for free. Thanks to the likes of Green Geeks and WPMU Dev, we've been able to get to where we are now. But if WP and Up is to continue offering support, we need more financial help. You can head to wpandop.org forward slash never give up to find out more about exactly what an organisation like WP and Up costs to maintain. And it's quite enlightening. From there, you might like to head to wpandop.org forward slash donate and donate something yourself. It doesn't need to be a lot. Just a few dollars will help to provide phone support or to keep our online support communities open. So please assist us so that we can continue to support our wonderful WordPress community. Those URLs again, wpandup.org forward slash never give up and wpandup.org forward slash donate. Thank you very much. The Press Forward podcast is brought to you today by Green Geeks. Green Geeks offers an awesome managed web hosting platform that's built for speed, security and scalability whilst being environmentally friendly. Enjoy a better web hosting experience for your WordPress website, backed by 24-7 expert support. And we thank Green Geeks for helping us to put on the Press Forward podcast. Today we hear from Barbara Saul. She's been working with WordPress for quite a while and recently has thrown herself into the wider WordPress community. We talk about how she started to use WordPress to build her client websites, and how this kindled in her a desire to meet other people doing the same work as her. She was a little nervous about her level of knowledge, but after her first WordPress event, she came to understand that the people were very welcoming. Fast forward just a little while, and Barbara has become a linchpin of WordCamp London. She explains about what it takes to put on one of the largest WordCamps, how much organisation is required, and how it's all done, how people can get involved themselves, should they wish to. Towards the end of the podcast, we talk about her involvement with WP and Up. She's writing content about the WP and Up mission, helpful content, which I would urge you to consume. She's deeply passionate about the work that WP and Up is doing, but is also realistic about the need to raise money to keep it going. And so, without further ado, here's Barbara Saul. Hello, I'm Barbara Saul. I live in or near to Maidstone in Kent, although I'm from the West Country originally. 
which um, this recording may or may not pick up. I remember my accent suddenly discovering it when I first talked at WordCamp Brighton through the microphone. And I said, hello, Brighton. And immediately there was my accent. And I said, oh, there it is, which was a bit weird. But anyway, I'm a strange speaker and MC, it turns out. I'm 55 at the moment. And although don't feel it and age is a bit weird, I've worked with WordPress for, oh, let me see, over 10 years now. Um, having made started making websites at the turn of the century. I always like throwing turn of the century into any introduction because I've been around a long time, having done IT support before then and had to stop work. So I just bought myself a, a little laptop, beautiful little Sony Vio that I still have. Um, it doesn't work, but anyway, it still looks beautiful. And a copy of Dreamweaver and Fireworks and started making websites because I thought if necessary, I can do that from bed because I'm disabled and that's just gently got worse and worse over the years. So now I actually do work from bed most of the time, but that's fine. I can still get up and about, so that's great. I'm always interested to hear how people who are deeply immersed in the WordPress community got to that point. Why spend so much time with WordPress and the people who have gathered around it? How did they get started? What turned their interest from using the WordPress software into wishing to meet other people who are also using it? You could quite easily be a WordPress user and never meet another person who shares that interest. Each story is a little different and well worth listening to. I think then, back at back 10 years ago, it was for blogging mostly, and people had only really just started using it for websites. And I kind of, you know, I started off uh, using it for blogs and doing collaborative blogs with people and then realised, hang on a minute, a page is just a page. Why don't we actually, you know, start using it for these websites? Because I always hated the idea that my web design customers had to ask me to do the updates for them. And I always wanted something where they could do the updates themselves, but without having to be really tied to anybody. That's when I started really falling in love with WordPress, when I realised that they don't need me to do it for them. They can do it themselves. You know, I've incorporated a lot of showing people how to set up their own websites and things like that and working on things themselves. I've worked through quite a few of the themes out there, the theme platforms and things. Um, So I've used Elegant Themes and they were very lovely and worked well for a while. And then there was another one, and I can't remember the name of it now. I still actually have a couple of websites out there using it. But anyway, and that kind of, they totally changed it. Just as I got to the point of really understanding how to work with it, which really annoyed me. And then I came across uh, Studio Press Genesis and started using that, bought the developer license and always use that now. I've not used another one since. And then I discovered that there was a Slack channel and joined that and just sort of lurked there for a while. And then I would just gently ask a question. It was so welcoming and so absolutely lovely. And it didn't matter that I didn't know what a hook was or anything. Lots of people there, you know, if you could just ask any question, there was no such thing as a stupid question. And everybody was really happy to try and help. Even if you went back and said, no, I don't understand that, they would then try and explain it in a different way. So anyway, that's just the Genesis community is just amazing. And it was all across the world. So there's quite a strong UK community there as well. 
And indeed, as you say, there are thousands and thousands of people that don't actually talk to another WordPress user or developer or something. They're quite can be quite isolated. But I love community. I think partly because I work from home, because I am quite I don't get out much. It is quite isolated to actually have these online communities. It's something that I've always thoroughly enjoyed. So we just touched upon some of the WordPress sub-communities that Barbara has become a part of. And I wanted to know if these communities are really that. Actual places where you can go and make friends. Places where she felt that she could talk about things not related to WordPress. Oh yes, indeed. Because there are different channels, you know, so there's social channels and random channels and all sorts of different things and of course there's a UK channel and then a wider one as well and you can get to know people and chat to people and you know over the years they have set things up where you have a regular thing where you can kind of have a chat and you know not everybody can get out and spend the time you know I mean I've raised I've been raising a couple of kids at the same time so there's not a lot of spare time to go out networking and things I used to do a lot of networking because I thought I had to. But actually, you don't have to be out there. You can do it online, depending on the community. And like I say, the Genesis one is especially friendly. And they would say, they said to me, go along to a word camp, come to a word camp. I thought, no, I can't do that. It's all full of people who really know what they're talking about. And I don't, which I'm sure a lot of people feel. I think that it's quite common for people using WordPress to want to meet up with other people. For some, this might be easy. They just feel able to turn up and start talking. But then there are other people, like Barbara, who find it a little more difficult. She had the impression that her WordPress knowledge would not be sufficient for her to be able to participate. Of course, she later discovered that this was not in fact the case. But I asked her how she managed to overcome that imposter syndrome and get herself along to those initial events? Well, I think a few of them, Joe especially and Gary Jones, who's, you know, was very active in the UK Genesis community and beyond, of course, said, well, you know, you know do come along to a camp. And I thought, well, how can I go along and feel like I kind of am allowed to be there? I thought, if I volunteer, then I've got a purpose. I've got a reason to be there and I can go along and be friendly and helpful and do all the things I love doing. And that's what I'm supposed to be doing. So I thought, yes, I can do that. So that's what I did. So in 2016, I went along to WordCamp London as a volunteer and ended up on the reception quite a bit, which I thoroughly enjoyed. You know, when I was a teenager, which was back in the 70s, pre-proper feminism as I like to think my dream was to be or one of the one of my dreams for a while was to be a hotel receptionist which was about as far as some of us girls imagined we might get which is quite ridiculous now and younger younger women will scoff at me for that but anyway I don't care so there I was sat welcoming people to the word camp and saying hello and I realized I'm actually doing what I thought I would be doing in my teens and uh, being a receptionist of sorts. But I loved it. I thoroughly enjoyed it, you know, just being friendly and welcoming people, you know, helping out. I didn't go to many of the talks because, you know, most of them were some stuff that I, any developer stuff, I wouldn't know what they were talking about, really. Although I have since found that some of them, I was actually timekeeper 
I would be the you know timekeeper on a couple of talks and found that you know you still learn something, you still pick something up from most of the talks you go to. But that was absolutely great, and I thought actually this is fine. You know, people aren't thinking what are you doing here. The WordPress community is such that you know everybody is welcome. It is especially wonderful and welcoming community, and I kind of just threw myself into it. So Barbara had a very positive experience volunteering at her first WordCamp, and she's since gone on to help out at many more. She's got a great understanding of what it takes to put on a large WordCamp. Well, we've talked about WordCamps many times before on this podcast, but we've never really talked about what positions there are available to those who wish to attend as a volunteer. Well, I can tell you all about those, because the following year, Jenny, Jenny Wong, actually said, would you like to be part of the organising team next year? Yes. I was sort of very excited about that. And I was so chuffed to be asked and so happy. And I led the volunteers. So um, I thought, goodness, I get to look after the volunteers, which absolutely thrilled me to bits. Because you do need a, a pretty big team of people to make sure that, uh, you know, everything runs quite nice and smoothly. I mean, London is very well organised and has been set up that way because you need people to welcome people to hand out their tickets, um, which, of course, all need, quite often needs to be done in a bit of a rush. Before the event, you've got to put up all the posters and signage. You've got to help the sponsors get set up. You have somebody looking after the speakers. Then you've got the lunch monitors. Make sure everybody, everything moves smoothly there. Goodness, in the room you have the mic runners and timekeepers and the MCs, of course, as well. Although kind of they're more speakers than, but also volunteers. Let me see what else. Goodness, somebody has to sit in the green room at all times to make sure that that's safe. You know, secure. That's where the speakers go. and It's a space where the speakers can go and sit and chill and prepare themselves ready for going out and speaking because, you know, it's nice to have a quiet moment before and after a talk as well. So to have a space for that. Some WordCamps, like WordCamp London, which Barbara has been involved with, are really large events. They require a lot of volunteers. When you attend, though, It's all very well managed and very well run. It feels very professional. Events like these take weeks and weeks of planning. So I wondered if there were any people who are paid to give up so much of their time. Totally volunteer run. Nobody is paid. Some people, if they work for a larger agency, their agency may give them time to work on the WordCamp. But something that certainly this year, when I was co-lead with Dan Maybe, we're both running small businesses ourselves. We're self-employed. So we're actually just giving our time. We're absolutely raving mad. And previous organisers have said, how can you do that if you're not being paid, basically? But we wanted to do it. So it's something, you know, we feel quite strongly we want to give back. And we enjoy it. It's, it's a great feeling to actually bring everything together and continue certainly something like WordCamp London, which is quite an amazing WordCamp, and actually build on it and keep honing it, keep polishing it, and making it the best it can be. So although there are many volunteers helping out at a WordCamp, the event itself cannot have no cost attached to it. 
There's the venue, the tickets, the heating, the meals, the after-party. All of this needs to be paid for. So where does that money come from? Sponsorships, basically. There are some global sponsors. So, you know, you kind of know that you're going to get a certain amount. But the rest of it, it does need a very strong sponsor team to bring in as much sponsorship as possible, because that is what pays for everything. The tickets, indeed, the ticket sales don't cover much at all of, of what you actually get, because, you know, we always try to put on a good good lunch, um, an after party, you know, the venue itself. Luckily, with London, it's been hasn't been too expensive a venue. But if we want to grow that, that's going to go significantly higher. We get at least 500 people. I think we always budget for about 750, which includes all of the speakers, the sponsors, the volunteers and everything, and the organisers. So indeed, it is quite a, a big word camp, I believe, in global terms. Something we found, though, is that the sponsors would quite like a little bit more for London. So we're hoping to to grow London as much as we can. So we're working on that at the moment and to give us ourselves time. I think by the time this goes out, we can, you know, it is kind of out there that it's going to be September next year. We're moving, obviously moving from March, April, because it's November now and there's no way we get that done in time. We want to make sure there's plenty of time to actually grow it and get a really strong team. Something we found with this year, with 2019, is... It was quite a small organising team and quite a few of us were self-employed as well. But, you know, we pulled it all together. Everybody works really, really hard. And it was it was a great word camp again. So that was that was a good feeling. But I know that both Dan and I would love to make it when it, I think when you organise something like that, you sort of look at all the things that you didn't quite get right and you'd like to improve upon. That's what we want to do. It sounds like a difficult but rewarding job. Regarding the sponsors, I wondered who has to deal with the actual money. If all of the people are volunteers, I suppose that you have to be very mindful of where the sponsor money is going and of how it's spent. So, who actually has their hands on the purse strings for a WordCamp? All payments go to the Foundation and they actually make the payments. So if you don't understand, if you don't know that that's what happens and that actually they do turn things around very quickly, because that can be a bit of a worry when you're not controlling it yourself. You sort of think, oh, you know, what if they don't pay or what? If they... But they're pretty good at, at getting payments sorted out quite quickly and things like that. But you have to put the budget up and, in advance and say, this is the budget. And you have to stick to that budget. I don't know what happens if you suddenly go over or whatever. Anything that's left over, if, if there is if there is anything left over, I think there was for London this year, that goes into the central pot, basically, to help other word camps who maybe can't get the sponsorship and things like that so that they can still run word camps and not worry about it so much. So I imagine by now that you're all fired up and want to get involved with your local word camp or meetup. Where's the best place to find out how you can get involved? If you went on to the main Slack, I haven't got it open at the moment, but we can provide, we can add a link to that perhaps. I think that would be good. And I think if you actually said there, whatever local 
WordPress Slack there was. For instance, in the UK, we have the UK Slack, uh, which is actually quite active. And again, that's great as well. Very supportive channels for all sorts of different things. You know, you could actually just mention it in there and, you know, you will be immediately directed to whoever is working on something. Or there is actually a WordCamp organisers channel. So you could go in there and say, does anybody want some help? I mean, you, you, you would be very, very welcome, I'm sure, because, you know, there's never enough organisers. That's never the pr- a problem we have, that there are too many people volunteering, unfortunately. So let's imagine that I've decided to take the plunge and volunteer my time to a WordCamp. Will I have any choice about what it is that I'm going to do on the day? Can I pick the jobs that I like? Or do I just have to do what the organisers need me to do? When you sign up to volunteer, you, you can choose things that you prefer to do. And you, can't, you, you don't just get told what you're doing on the morning. The rotor, there is the rotor which is this massive document that says where everybody is all the time. And it's a huge spreadsheet. And it's something that uh, we always want to have prepared about two weeks in advance so everybody knows what they're doing. But of course, people drop out and all kinds of changes happen. But yes, I I remember watching Jenny and Anna, who was Jenny's deputy, and then Anna went on to lead for a year, working on the rotor to try and fit in everybody and you know if people have have said that they want to be in a certain talk think okay well can we get them in as a a mic runner or something ideally or you know blanket out it's quite a task actually getting that rotor so much work going on behind the scenes so many things to be coordinated So we've got sponsors who pay for most of it, and we've got volunteers who do most of the organisation of the event. The sponsors, quite rightly, get their banners and ads placed around the event, so we're well aware that they have contributed. I wondered if the volunteers got the same sort of attention, the recognition that they deserve for making the event possible. I'll take that on board a bit, actually, because, yes, I agree with you. I mean, absolutely, we have to have the sponsors to pay for everything. And there's no way it would happen without them. But also it wouldn't happen without all those volunteers as well, especially something on the scale of London that really does need to be organised quite thoroughly and well. And it just wouldn't be anything like as great as it was if it wasn't for the volunteers that turn up. After the event is over... I suspect that most of the attendees leave and all the volunteers scurry about, taking down all of the signage and return the building to the state that it was in when they arrived. Then it's all over. It's done. Is that a good feeling? Perhaps it's a range of emotions. Happiness? Melancholic? Well, no, it's not melancholic, really. I I don't find that anyway. It's sort of like, how quickly can we get to the pub to have a pint? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't drink very much, but I did. This year, I actually went over, I went to the pub afterwards. I was determined that I was going to do that because it's part of it. You know, sort of everybody's saying, yeah, that was actually great. And, you know, it just kind of keeps, you just sit there with a big smile on your face thinking, yes, we did that. And, every you know, it, it seems as though everybody's had a brilliant time and you think, oh, wow, you know, that was really wonderful. And you do just enjoy the glow of that. 
and you feel a little bit empowered to do a bit more, or I do anyway, the post-word camp glow, as I call it. It just is wonderful and you feel you can do anything. And you know that this community is all, you know, they all love you and all this kind of thing and had a great time. So I, I love it. I absolutely adore word camps and come away feeling very, I don't know, I, I just feel energised from a word camp. And I know that other people do as well. So not just me being weird. Barbara sounds like the perfect advert for word camps. She enjoys them and finds that they enrich her life. She gets to meet a whole raft of new people. I'm guessing that many of them are now her friends, almost like her family. Absolutely, definitely. You know, people from the Studio Press days who, you know, we're now friends on Facebook, although I've started adding more people on Facebook. I, I tend to keep Facebook for friends not as, you know, just another platform. But I do find myself adding more and more individuals. I can remember with my first, back in 2016, the Contributor Day, and I really didn't feel like I had anything to contribute. But there was a community table, and and I thought, well, that's obviously for me. And I thought I could set up a, a WordPress group in Maidstone, which hasn't really happened, unfortunately. But anyway, I gave it a go. But anyway, at the table, there were just some Italians. Um, and I love Italy and I love the language and everything. So I went and joined them. And there was Francesca Marano and Steph Matana and Franz Vitulli. And I consider them friends, especially Steph and Franz, because I've worked with them over the years. And, you know, if I could just say a quick congratulations to Steph and Franz for their baby, who's just been born. And, you know, it's absolutely wonderful. It's part of the family. It really is, you know, it does feel very familial. Anyway, yes, absolutely. Very good friends. I think the first year I worked with Dan, I wasn't too sure. But then we sort of got to know each other a bit with the co-leading. And it's like he's my kid brother, really. I absolutely adore him. And of course, now then he invited me to work on WP and Up as well some. You know, I, I, I love that person so much. I think it was in 2016 that Joe Waltham said we should have a crash. Um, and this was not this was unheard of for work camps. And I think only about one or two kids came along, but she made it happen. And now work camps include crash where, where they can, because obviously it's quite expensive to include that for the number of kids because we charge five pounds for the day. And that's it. So that parents can come along and, you know, don't have to worry about childcare. But also then a couple of years ago when Anna was leading in in London, she invited a local school, which I suppose was perhaps, again, one of the first kids camps. And so, you know, these little kids walked in for an afternoon, had Mike Little showing them how to how to make a website, which was absolutely amazing. And I just I, I love that, you know, seeing these young youngsters wandering around and feeling that and parents feeling that it is a place where the kids can come into a talk as well and things like that of course they can it's totally included you know everybody's again it's something about london has you know started off it's got to be fully accessible so everybody can come no matter what and we do so that's why there we make sure that it's physically accessible as possible that children can come that there is a room if you need to go and breastfeed somewhere and there is a quiet room you can go and do that and also this year we live streamed it as well so actually putting it out there so you don't have to be there 
or you can be outside of the room or something, which actually on a few of the talks was useful because there wasn't enough room for everybody. Barbara, as you may know, is also very much involved with what we're doing over at WP and Up. So I wanted to pivot and spend some time talking about that with her. Where did she first hear about WP and Up? I first heard about WP and Up, it must be over a year ago now, so summer, autumn in 2018, and Dan talking about it as we were started working together for co-leading WordCamp London 2019. And I said, oh, you know, can I write some things? Um, can I be involved? Because the whole idea of looking after people and caring about each other and providing a resource where possible, uh, where we can afford to, absolutely appeals to me. The WordPress community I have found to be so welcoming and it's meant a lot to feel that. It's made a huge difference to me, to my working to sort of have this channel there where I don't get that involved too often with everything, but it's there. And I know I could ask and I could pipe up and say help and somebody would would try and help. But then the whole mental well-being of everybody as well, it's such a big issue. I've got my own issues to handle. And I know that having people available to talk with or whatever, it does make a difference. And I like making a difference as well. So, and I kind of see that with the WordPress community, if we can kind of look after each other, then it will spread beyond. And I know I know that other technologies have, have things going on as well. But knowing within WordPress, we have an organisation that cares, that will listen to you, that you can put your hand up and say help and somebody will come and say, how can I help you? I think that's what we're really trying to do. And the, the more I know WP and Up, the more I want to be involved. And I actually do actually work on working on the, the content of the website now. Bridget writes a couple of things a month for us. And, you know, we want to include the updates for the different projects. You know, I don't have to write everything myself. Indeed, I don't. So, yes, I will sometimes write things myself. Although I had a bit of a problem recently actually doing the writing myself with a massive imposter syndrome thing going on. But thankfully, I've got over that a bit. And I'm just writing, encouraging other people to write as well. So we've had some guest articles as well. You know, it's part of that and encouraging other people and helping them to get involved and write something if they want to. So that's that's really good. But also writing guest articles. That's where my imposter syndrome came in because I wasn't very good at that. I just had a real blog. So I would write the basics and Dan finished them off. Hopefully I can do some do better in future with that. But it's OK because, you know, we all get on and we work together on things. Barbara is writing content for WP and Up, and she's doing a great job. But I thought it might be instructive to let her explain the kinds of content that she's producing. It is different experiences, people's individual stories, all kinds of things. It's, you know, if somebody has something to share that they think, actually, if I say this out loud, if I write this down, and somebody else reads it, and they might think, oh, it's not just me. I think that can be incredibly powerful. You know, I very much write like that about my own experiences, but also about positive things as well. I've got a post coming out soon on just giving something. And that can just be a smile at a total stranger who doesn't, who you're just walking past or something. And it's something my kids have noticed is that sometimes you can smile at, at somebody 
and they just beam right back at you because and as if you've made their day and you think wow that's just wonderful you're giving nothing really just a smile so if you go to wpnduport forward slash blog you can read the different stories there Bridget has been writing some things that speak to the soul more on the blog we actually include the podcasts as well so you can read all of the different content that we have each week I start this podcast in a similar way I tell you what WP and up is about what it's doing and why it's important but I thought that it might be good for Barbara to explain her own first-hand experiences of how WPNUP is helping people, about the impact that it's having. I've learned why it's necessary, not just from my own experience, but talking to other people and listening to other people more. Within the WPNUP Slack group, we've set up, there's a handful of us that have set up a life group and there's half a dozen of us and we just meet up fortnightly and we can ask each other a question. And very quickly, you know, you just choose to trust each other. Some people know each other, but some don't. But, you know, it gelled very quickly and it's become incredibly powerful and we've helped each other. I would say each one of us has been helped by that group on quite significant things, whether that's to do with our mental well-being or professionally with our business, you know, just being able to ask each other things, um, having that kind of group can be really quite useful and important. And certainly we found that and we want to encourage more of those uh, within the Slack. Obviously, you can't just keep growing one group. You just have other groups as well, which I'm sure that can work as well. But then you have the different channels where you can ask different things or you can ask for a companion which is just somebody who you can talk to now and then and who's who's kind of there for you you know that's that's helping some people and I know that some people are being mentored and finding that hugely useful and making a big difference to them Yes, it's something that I learned quite a few years ago that I'm I'm not afraid to be open about my own experiences because I think if one person just hears that and thinks it's not just me, then that just makes it absolutely worth it, worth being open. And I mean, not everybody finds that easy. I appreciate that. I don't know if maybe being older, I find it easier. But as soon as I know, you know, so that I can remember knowing that I, I tell you something when you watch some of these shows some of the shows where they talk about things you think oh goodness you know there's so much going on in the world and there's so much so many dysfunctional things as well going on that you know I think it just puts it out there that it is everywhere that many of us are having problems and issues we don't need to be alone we can actually we have places such as WP ends up now where we can actually say help or can I just run this by somebody? And you can with an absolute confidence. You know, nobody's going to go share it and say, oh, this person doesn't know what they're talking about. It's not the case at all. It's just that we have different experiences and can apply those experiences in different ways. I've said it many times. WP and up. Although free at the point of use, 
is not free to run. It actually takes many people's time to keep it all going, more than you might imagine. For that reason, we do need people to support WPNOP in order that it might continue its work. I can see that there is a place for it, that it is very gently and gradually, but firmly being helpful for people. And the more people that we can reach, the more people that we can, you know, let them know that we're here and that it really isn't going to go away. That can make quite a difference. A few of us, Giles and Dan and I did the Mental Health First Aiders course the other week. Um, They both came down to Maidstone, to the wonderful LMK Minds, to actually have the two-day training there. So, you know, it'd be great if more people can have that training. We would love to be able to do the training ourselves for people, for larger organisations perhaps, or something like that. You know, we want to be a resource that can be tapped into by anybody at whatever level. We've got our partnership team and Dan working incredibly hard to bring in some more sponsorship, which is absolutely vital because, you know, there's a lot of costs involved. We can't all just volunteer all of our time. I mean, I, I could quite happily work for WPNUP full time, but I can't afford to do that. And WPNUP can't afford for me to do that. So, you know, at the moment, there's an awful lot of volunteering involved. But we can't expect people to do that so much. It does need to be paid for. We've got the page wpnup.org slash donate. And it's really much, very much a case of every little helps. Uh, yes, we want some larger donations, but also we, there's a lot of people who are giving just a few pounds or a certain percentage of their turnover, which is absolutely wonderful. Um, I think there's quite a few people who are giving what they can. And that's great because it all makes a difference. I'm going to actually write a few blog posts on what happens to the donations on how you can give in different ways, things like that, so that it should hopefully make it easier for people to understand why we need donations and you know what we actually do with it so that people know what's actually going to happen. But it's, you know, I think it's a real privilege to be involved because I do see the good that's happening, the positive things that are happening. And I'm getting some of that myself. I was, you know, struggling a bit the other week and Dan actually helped me a bit with something and maybe realised that, no, I wasn't an imposter. I'm not rubbish at my job. I'm actually really quite awesome. So, <laughs> which sounds really strange to say, but do you know what? Most of us are pretty darn awesome. One of the purposes of the Press Forward podcast is to lift the lid on topics that don't get talked about enough, to allow people to share their stories so that other people might listen, and by listening they may gain an understanding that they're not alone. There are other people out there who have faced the same situation that you are facing. They have found a way through and can offer support to you on your journey. Maybe that person is already in your life, but they might not be. And that's what WPNUP is here for, to connect you with the support that you need. So, if you are able to, please help us, so that we can continue to support the WordPress community. You can donate at wpnop.org forward slash donate. (laughs) 
The Press Forward podcast is brought to you today by Green Geeks. Green Geeks offers a specially engineered platform that gives WordPress users web hosting that is designed to be the fastest, most secure, and scalable hosting in multiple data centers. Their WordPress hosting makes deploying and managing WordPress websites easy with automatic one-click install, managed updates, real-time security protection, SSD RAID 10 storage arrays, power cacher, and expert support 24-7 to make for the best web hosting experience. And we thank Green Geeks for their support of the Press Forward podcast. That's it for this week. Please let us know if you're enjoying the podcast, if you're finding it useful or helpful. You can reach out to us at wpnop.org forward slash contact. There's a serious point to all of this, though, and that is that WPNOP is here to provide help and support. That help is available to you or to people that you know and can be easily accessed at the WPNOP.org website. Please spread the word about this podcast, tell your friends, and subscribe on your favourite podcast player. And remember that together we can hashtag press forward. Hashtag press forward.